0: Welcome back to Unduly Noted Under Siege Week 12. As the world falls down around us, you can still count on us to entertain you through the apocalypse. I'm Neil Turrets. And Brian
1: Hode has been found. The search has been called off. We'll go into that more later. Uh, this is Brian yeah, Beeman. So. Um, this week, we are going to be talking about the banker, Cobra Kai, Superman, Tom Cruise in Outer Space. But first, Set in the dazzling world of the LA music scene comes the story of Grace Davis, a superstar whose talent and ego have reached unbelievable heights. Maggie is Grace's overworked personal assistant who's stuck running errands, but still aspires to her childhood dream of being a music producer. When Grace's manager presents her with a choice that could alter the course of her career, Maggie and Grace come up with a plan that could change their lives forever in Nisha Ganatra's The High Note. I grew up around music. It's my whole world. If you told 12 year old me that one day I'd be working for Grace Davis, she's an icon. This woman doesn't even know your last name. She does, sometimes. My
0: stop, 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 stop. I'm not gonna tell you guys you're great if you're not great. Let's do it again. Bam, you... the girls still give me goosebumps.
1: Well, Grace, have you thought any more about the Vegas residency? Actually, I think it's time I record a new album. I mean, that's one plan. What am I supposed to say to her? I'm just a personal assistant, but I'd love to produce your music. Let me do my job
0: and you do yours, which is get her coffee, Kleenex, Kotex, and whatever else the hell we've been
1: paying you to do for the last six months. I've been here for three years. You get paid? I thought you were an intern. My life is a joke! It's really bleak out there for middle-aged singers. In the history of music, only five women over 40 have ever had a number one hit, and only one of them was black. I, mean,
0: I, I think the best way to start this is to mention the text message I sent to you on Friday afternoon. Do you remember, you know, the, the message of which I speak?
1: I don't. I don't refresh me. Um, I remember you sent me we something talking... that you were upset that that focus turns the seats. $20 to watch it, which that's what it was. Yes. Right. Is that
0: <laughs> that I that was it? rather <laughs> put out, rather put out that on pay-per-view, pay-per-view.
1: I thought it was going to be something on awesome had an actual movie, not the $20. I thing, had but. to pay
0: $20 to see this. Each of us.
1: That's more than I would. For this podcast.
0: I'm sorry. That's right. The two of us spent $40. $40 from us. To see this movie, that if we had gone to an actual multiplex and not been a member of the A list, the, the AMC A list, it would have cost us a fraction to see this movie. Right. But thank, this is the first, I mean, the pandemic has done as, as this is, this is makes me as angry as anything else well, to, regarding to, the pandemic.
1: To be fair, before <laughs> we go into it, um, this was supposed to be, this movie's intentions originally was A, a very wide release, and B, they yeah. really wanted to push. Uh, uh, why am I blanking? They really wanted to push Tracy Ellis Ross for yeah for awards. So this this was well okay. This was made the, entirely the, the, for it. that purpose. Well,
0: the interesting thing is is with this, such a dearth of movies out there, she might get some attention because I don't like this movie, oh, yeah. but she's very good in it.
1: Think so? Well, here is okay. Here's my thing. Yeah. All right, Very quickly, you here's to my thing. First, and then I want Then to you go, go first? Cause Cause
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I'll dive in. Right. I'll dive right. in. I think that the chemistry between Dakota Johnson, who I do not normally like, mm-hmm. and whose character I do not believe for a second. Oh, I got a lot um, on that. Yeah, because never before in the history of Hollywood has an assistant had so much to say about what's going on in her boss's life. Ever. No. That's one. Yeah. Ever. Two, um... I actually like the chemistry between the two of them. And I happen to like Tracy Ellis Ross as an actress. And I think that she is actually quite good here. And I
1: think she sings her own songs, doesn't she? Not not sure. But neither here nor there, in my opinion, as far as pulling this movie out of its hole. I mean, Ice Cube
0: comes in... I, Ice Cube what did you say it's, it's neither here nor there to what with, to, to pull this? this movie out of the hole it's in like. <laughs> oh no 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 so we're clear like my six word review is has genuine moments but too uneven and I think that's a little kind because there were sometimes there were four or five times in the movie where I said oh that actually works that's nice the scene with Ice Cube in, and Dakota Johnson where she pisses off the producer the other guy and he comes out and explains the way the business works uh-huh.
1: that's a good scene I think Ice he's Cube's actually good in this. I think Ice one Cube was terrific for one Ice, of the first times he I mean, doesn't play Ice Cube. You know what I mean? Like he's playing a character. Yeah. And I thought well, that this really showed explains, him being uh, really showing yeah. some acting chops here. And he
0: he explains the music industry to her, and in a and and to give the movie credit, she actually doesn't come back with a response. She goes, "Oh, uh, I didn't know that." And he's edu- he educates her, and it's a good scene. And there are a couple of times in the movie that. <clears throat> this kind of thing happens but as you and I both agree over and over again this makes us both hate the movie a movie like this even more because it shows flashes of actual good stuff but can't sustain it and not only can't sustain it but it delves into
1: bullshit now you um <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh I love that handover that was a great uh baton baton move um here's here's let me just go into the notes I took on her uh, I started off saying, this movie could have been called, It Sure is Hard to Be a Rich White Girl in Los Angeles in the Music Biz. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, let me just say this. I know a lot of these girls. Okay? Matter of fact, one of them produced one of the movies we covered last week. Uh, these are girls that come out to Los Angeles. They, uh, they do well. They, they get a job or something like that, but it's a job that's going to pay a certain amount. But mom and dad pay for them to live in a, you know, they'll buy them. Like this, this drove me nuts in my early thirties when friends of mine in Los Angeles all of a sudden started buying houses. And for those of you who don't know, uh, houses in Los Angeles start at 1 million. The houses these people are living in were probably around 1, 5, 2 million. And you're just like, I have the same job she does. How, she, I, how she, what is going on here? And then you find out that all their, you know, their parents bought in the houses and stuff like that. Um, This one, she, she, she's going so, f- her apartment is by that, okay, let's go over her apartment, because it goes into friends territory. Well, I
0: mean, that is, that is some serious outdoor space she's got, She is, that, that terrace.
1: They have a giant terrace balcony with a huge neon sign on it. Like, that apartment, plus it's a very, very big two-bedroom apartment, and just for the record, folks, her roommate that lives in this apartment with her is a heart surgeon. Is a heart surgeon, yes. Just in case anyone here is curious or just, you know, off the mark, assistance in Hollywood to a celebrity of that stature in a good position probably make 70K.
0: Now, so we're clear, by the way, this is essentially the character that Tracy Ellis Ross plays is a Whitney Houston, Beyonce. Even Diana uh, Ross Janet uh, Jackson, uh, echoes, right? J- j- Diana Ross, j- level her mom. Yeah. I mean, it's le- that level of stardom. Like superstar, white hot, incredible. Hasn't put out a new album because she's got so much old stuff that's so good that she's been touring on that for 10 years. Yeah. That big.
1: Um, career is being compared to like Celine Dion in the film and stuff like that. Um, right, right. I mean, she's she is huge in the movie. Yeah, um, but here's the thing. Also, when you are assistant to a celebrity like that, I've known plenty of people have had this job, and many of them parlayed it into great producing careers. But um, in terms of in the film business, but sure, when you have that job, you know everything about their family. You know everything. You know you usually like. I can tell you this. When when I was an assistant in, as in in development, um, I handled. My boss was producing in Prague. I had to handle the purchase of his home. <laughs> I had to do the paperwork for that. That's the kind of shit you get in... That's how rolled up the sleeves you get in their lives. Um, this movie has an unnecessary twist at the end that I just did not buy. And I'm not going to say did anything not about it.
0: at all. Oh,
1: God. When that happens... It's
0: so unnecessary. Now, first of all... It's so unnecessary. I, it's... it's... Well, there's a couple of things here. There's a couple of things. First of all, that twist at the end is so ridiculous, so absurd that I literally said, come on. Like I said it out loud in my apartment, watching it by myself. That's one. Two, there is a very welcome Bill Pullman appearance in the final third, act of I movie. have that
1: note as well. I saw Bill Pullman shows I up. I that's Bill about Pullman. It.
0: That's it. Doesn't Bill Pullman is one of my one of my favorite that guy actors, and he shows up as Dakota Johnson's dad, and he is a pleasure to watch, always.
1: You know, one uh, of the greatest unsung couple- Bill Pullman roles is. Did you ever see Zero Effect? Oh yeah, I yeah. Think ben, Still- ben Stiller plays the guy. Yeah, when they're doing yeah. they're doing Holmes and Watson essentially. Yeah. Um it's oh my God. it's a brilliant performance. Uh Pullman is just fantastic. But yeah, uh Bill Pullman shows up here. I think that's Jake Kasden's I think that was Jake Kasdan's first movie. I think as you're a director. right. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Pullman um, shows up. He's usually movie, such a great whatever, and they just don't do anything with him.
0: Well, I mean, but he, he but still it's fun to see him on, sure. on on screen. I agree. And he does have one good moment with Tracy Ellis Ross with Gracie, with Grace. They they have that moment together. And that actually is kind of fun <sighs> because She she refers to the the long con running gag of the long con. But like, that's what I'm saying is that there were a couple of times there's also there there's one thing in the movie that I absolutely loved. I loved my favorite moment in the movie is when she's first talking to Kelvin Harrison Jr. And they are talking about um, California in songs. Yeah. And he mentions Hotel California. And she does this whole riff on how awful Hotel California is, which is which I could have said myself verbatim. In fact, I have. I have given that speech about this the, the song Hotel California verbatim. So when that happened, I said, "Thank God somebody is finally in a major motion picture talking about this fucking song." I really like that. Also, I'm I got a question for you. Now, does June D- Diane Raphael play anything other than June Diane Raphael in all of these movies? And every single thing she's ever in, it's always exactly the same thing. The thing. Is it just too, me
1: or is that the truth? You and I enjoyed a movie last year. What was the Seth Rogen politics movie? Long Shot. Yes. Long Shot, where she played that role again. And we That's enjoyed exactly, her in that. She played that exact role. I will role. say she's yes. wearing that role thin. I agree with you on that. Um, it's all she ever just does last year. We enjoyed her in that same role, but in this one, yeah, she, uh, and matter of fact, that's one of the worst scenes in this movie is after she's, uh, when she's talking to Tracy Ellis Ross, right after a major yeah. change has happened. And it, you find out that she has no knowledge of Tracy. It was just a really flat scene, poorly written, um, back on the, the rich white girl thing. Um, when, when times get tough for Dakota Johnson, she goes to visit her dad, who uh, dad lives in like this sleepy little house in Malibu that faces the beach with a balcony that oversees the ocean. And her dad drives around on a golf cart. Let me just real quick rule of thumb. Anyone who lives in a community where they drive around on golf carts are painstakingly rich. But go on. What are you going to say?
0: I I, I could not figure out where that was. I thought that. So that's basically she just she grew up in Malibu. Yeah. Or I like could not north- figure out where the life of that. I, I, I thought maybe I'd miss something because I, I thought I, I could not figure out what that community was um, because uh, what's her name? Um, when when she shows up, when Grace shows up at the end, she says she took a helicopter. So I guess it wasn't that. Or here's you know. what I'll I say because
1: she's heading up north to go up there. You see that on the signage. Um, I said Malibu, but you're right because she says a helicopter It could be a Santa Barbara situation. Um, I think it's gotta be, it's further up, but I, I I thought maybe it was like way up at Seattle. Like I had
0: no idea where it was. Well, it can't be too far away because remember the boyfriend drives there that same day. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. So, So, but I mean, my first instinct was where the hell are they? Yeah. Uh, but certainly they are, they are up the coast a bit. Um, but still it is. A rich town. Well, and he's a DJ.
1: Is any house where you have a large balcony that just overlooks the ocean, like, and that kind of yeah. view of the ocean? Yeah, you're you're doing. Yeah, as a DJ, <laughs> exactly. That's the other part. Of course, I so, will say now, this: if he bought the house thing in the seventies, he could have done that. But go on. The,
0: what's interesting about this movie is the music is actually pretty good. Right, I the agree soundtrack is pretty good. And if the movie was purchasable for say six ninety nine, which is a lot of the other movies we've been (laughs) been reviewing, come back. Uh If it came back, if it's a seven dollar movie, I would say you know what? Maybe it's worth your while. But twenty fucking dollars for this is insane.
1: Well, and here's the deal: the Warner Brothers just got away with that with their Scoob movie last week and made a fucking bundle. So I
0: thought they I thought they dropped it on HBO Max.
1: No, Scoob was a VOD. Scoob is a twenty dollar VOD. Oh. And it came in number one it came in number one last week, it came in number two this week. But here's the deal, because Scoob cost twenty dollars, number one this week was Invisible Man, which I think was six ninety nine. Um and then I think High Note came in third place. Um but yeah, like big problems here. The, the movie doesn't need some movies don't need twists, right? They just don't. This movie would have been better without one. And this twist you could have undone with a simple Google search, let alone, you know, Like here's the deal. She, so the movie starts, Dakota Johnson's working, we're already in the relationship where she works for um, Grace Davis. And then she meets this young man at a market where he's performing and she really likes his music. So she wants to work with him as a producer on the side while she's doing her job for Grace Davis. Two things, one, she's going so far as to spend every waking moment in her life producing this guy's album, but before she gets involved, she has no discussion about how he lives in a multimillion dollar home, like, she even addresses it. Well, that's it, the thing. Yeah. But there's she no discussion on yeah. that. She does no research into the person. That part, I had a lot of trouble that she would invest so much of her personal life in something without doing any research at all. Just the flying guy off the is
0: car. insanely, insanely wealthy. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things where it's mentioned early on. And then I kept thinking, oh, this is going to be a running gag. But it's not. It's not actually a running gag. It's just kind of there. Yeah. This, by the way, this was a
1: blacklist script. Yeah. <laughs> this goes so, back to the... And I'm looking at this I will saying, say it time and time again, Franklin Leonard is a fucking scam artist. But go on? Well, that, but I
0: don't understand because if they shot the script, I don't know what Nisha Ganatra, the director, did to make any changes. I have no idea. I met, now, I, I met Nisha. Nisha and I have mutual friends. And she and I met on the film festival circuit 21 years ago, 1999. Her first film and my first film were out around the same time. And we shared a co-star. We shared we uh, our star, uh, my one of my stars, Cara Buono, was also in her first movie. Um, and so that's how I knew Nisha. And I and Cara is still good friends with Nisha. And Nisha has built herself a lovely career. She went out to a LA. She did career. advertising. <laughs> a what? A niche career. What'd you say?
1: Because uh, Nisha. A nice little career, I said. No, I said niche. Yes, I said
0: a nice... No, no, that no! Was I had a nice little career. No, I know what you yeah, said. And, I made forget it. Oh, but right, and I and yours wasn't funny, so I kept going. Anyway, Jesus so um, I'm not funny. Is mine, that what you said? Because mine wasn't funny, folks.
1: <laughs> mine wasn't funny. Go
0: on. <laughs> anyway, so she then became a TV director and started and is back into films. And now she's directed two films in the last year. Last that she did um, the Late Show. With Emma Thompson that, uh, and and Mindy Kaling, which Mindy Kaling wrote, yeah. which neither of us liked, Awful. and I think was on your what was on your worst of the year list. One of. and uh, now she's done this, which and both movies have the same problem, which is that there are interesting things in them that don't seem to hold together into a, an actual movie. And that makes both of them equally frustrating. Like I was just as angry and frustrated by that this movie as I was by her last movie.
1: This movie's really pedestrian. I wouldn't say it's bad enough to put her in movie jail, but um, but no, 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 no. But um, but yeah, like I, yeah, this movie just. Didn't, you know, here's the one other thing about this movie that drove me nuts. There's nothing more frustrating for someone that's lived in Los Angeles as long in their life as I have, um, than when they get the fucking geography wrong. Um, there's a scene. They show that Diana Ross's character, or I say Diana Ross's character, Grace Davis, uh, she lives in the Hollywood Hills, looks like on the Coldwater Canyon side. But her assistant is in North Hollywood getting her Lamborghini filled up with gas. And it's not even the part like where if she was going to Warner Music or something in Burbank where she would be getting gas there. She's getting it way deep in North Hollywood by the car wash. Um, That drives me nuts in movies when they get the geography wrong. Um, yeah. Also, oh, but one thing.
0: But yeah. I, I start, I'm starting. I'm to say very, very quickly. Um, I I don't know what Nisha Ganatra might have done to change the script. But I know that if this, if they shot the script as is, how this script with this many holes and questions and issues was one considered one of the best scripts
1: of that particular
0: year is beyond me. Well, like, th- this is why Hollywood the is going down the. The blacklist is all
1: about the attachments. That's, that's the part about the blacklist that drives me nuts. It's never just the scripts. When you look at the blacklist. It is, this is the writer, and these are the attachments. Tracy Ellis Ross being on here, and this being her, this was supposed to be her big movie breakthrough from TV. Um, right. This, All of that, and Dakota Johnson is still, I don't know why she's such a hot actress, but um, she, does, she does nothing for it. me. Um, I'm, Same here. I'm sure she's a nice enough person. I, she just does nothing for me. But those two names, I'm sure, are what carried this over, so... We'll see. And Nisha Ganatra, so, uh, let's be hey, honest, Nisha Ganatra two years ago at Sundance was a huge name because of the price they sold late night for. So even though it's undeserved, in my because opinion, of, you remember because late of, night sold so what, for what a fortune.
0: You? Oh, late night. Right. Was it late night or late show? Late, I it was,
1: one of them. Either way. You know the movie. I'm talking. one of them. About. Whatever. The late something. Um, how long was this movie? Did you it two hours? Like 156? Yeah, it felt like
0: 156, because I know you're really into, like, you and I talk about how long movies are. This is another one of those movies that felt way too long, don't you think? Yeah.
1: Oh, here we go. Yeah. Do it. Uh, I felt this. I felt you, know, it. you
0: really pay attention. You pay attention to how long movies are, right? right. Generally? I, I do. I do. day. let's have some game show music. God damn it. We have ourselves a quick game. All right. This has been submitted to us. Mm. I was going to come up with my own game this week. Yeah. But this was submitted to us. Uh-huh. All credit for this game goes to your friend and mine, Elizabeth McConaughey, who submitted this via our unduly noted podcast at gmail.com account. Okay. So.
1: I know her as Liz Wheeler, is but. Okay, been- go
0: on. Well, that's, that's how, yeah. whatever. That's how I know. That's, that's, understood. Yeah. So basically we have two On this four, show I just six, call her your fangirl
1: eight. is what I call her. Like, My on. fangirl, yeah. right. Right.
0: So uh, we have 10 movies uh-huh. and I'm going to give you the movie yeah. and you tell me how long the movie, how many minutes the movie is uh-huh. or that hour plus within 10 minutes. You have a 10 minute plus or minus. Okay. okay. Yeah. The first one. Yeah. 1979, Alien? Alien. Alien, the original Ridley Scott directed Sigourney Weaver, John Hurt, etc. Hour Forty Nine. That's one hundred nine minutes. Correct. One hundred seventeen is the correct answer. So within ten minutes, right. you get it. One. That's one for one. Okay. Question number two. Yeah. Nineteen eighty-two. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. One thirty-seven. So ninety-seven minutes. Oh. 97, it's 90 7 minutes within the range of the, the degree of difficulty the, the, the plus or minus error that is also correct All right. 2 for 2 okay. question number 3 yeah. 1984 Terminator um, 110 minutes 107 is the correct answer oh. the man is 3 for 3 All right, very good uh-huh. question 4 1988 Rain Man 120 minutes. Oh, 133 minutes. Oh, really? Shit. I knew it was going to be right over two. Just outside, we are at 133 minutes. I should have known that. I was trying to... That is a shame. Okay. Perfect outing has been ruined. Uh What a crime. Question five. 1994, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction.
1: Uh, I'm going to go... uh, I'm going to say two... 236, so 121... 234! 100, 156 minutes. 234, 154 minutes. Oh, Very good. There we That's go. That's correct. Nice. Okay,
0: almost nailed it. Now, bonus question. Yeah. Bonus question. The
1: Pulp Fiction original cut length. Oh, no clue. I'm gonna guess... Uh, I would guess uh, 100, 181 minutes. 178.
0: Nice. That's the bonus point. All right.
1: There you go. Well done. Okay.
0: You are on, a, you're on fire. Question six, yeah. 1997, kay. Titanic. Titanic.
1: Um, I'm going to go 206 minutes.
0: Oh, we were looking for 194. 194. Really? Just outside of the realm. Yes, three hours and 14 uh, minutes. Oh, okay. All right. Question seven, was there, 1999. Was there a director's
1: cut of Titanic? No? Um, <laughs> I think what
0: we saw was the director's cut. Right, yeah. go on. Yeah. Uh, question 7 1999 the matrix
1: 126 minutes
0: Right on the money 136 you just got uh, on it wow. by the with 10 minutes Talk you about have that boom. boom, okay right on the right on the right on the edge uh-huh. question 8 2000 gladiator
1: 126 going again 120 126 minutes yeah. oh
0: that is the first really big miss we are looking for two hours and 35 minutes 155 minutes i don't like that movie uh... i've only seen it
1: once you don't like it i'm not a gladiator fan yeah i liked it the first time it was called Braveheart. oh wow All right.
0: right well that's yeah. a different conversation yeah. question nine uh-huh. 2001 the fast and the furious 111 minutes. Or, yeah, 111 minutes. 106 minutes. Nice. 106. That's correct. I went to the premiere that, of that. Then. Wow. Yeah. Well, la da. Mm-hmm. And finally, question 10 from 2010 Toy Story 3. 104 minutes. Wow. 103 minutes. Oh! I think that's your closest one. Oh! <laughs> all right so well done I did, uh... that was pretty good you got you got the bonus question you got two wrong uh-huh. right you got two no you got three wrong yeah i think i got, you got three, three wrong, wrong. Okay. you missed titanic you missed gladiator and you missed uh rain, rain man. man yeah but you got the bonus question right so i think i won eight the game. out of eleven. Oh they play some eight out of eleven is music. you win the game yes <laughs> yes we'll take celebratory music you win the game well done
1: all right mr turrets how was <laughs> this is a historical week how was your week Well, uh, it's been a nutty week.
0: Uh, First and foremost, I need to issue a correction. Uh, We were talking about Tenet last week, and of course, it's a Warner Brothers movie, and I referenced it, said it was a Paramount movie, which we both know, which we both should have caught, by the way. I have
1: one correction as well. it's my mistake. Last week uh, in our game that we played, um, one of the questions was Mannequin, which I had down as Los Angeles. You guessed New York. The actual answer, where it was shot and took place, I don't know how I got this wrong, was Philadelphia. So... Yes. You know, I'm, I, my friend Jessica
0: Zachall uh, wrote about this mm. and she 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 said, uh, I love you both. Weird to say, since I've never spoken to one of you. However, I'm simply too lazy to clarify it further. But you're both wrong about that terrible classic name check to the subject line, which is Mannequin. Oh. It both took place in and shot entirely in around Philly. Yeah,
1: that is correct. Yep. All right. Yep. So tell us this so, your week is. you building on fire.
0: Uh, well, well, uh, like my building's on fire? Well, I saw Rick Moranis no, twice. No, not like your building's on fire I was saying
1: is your building on fire.
0: Oh no, no, no. Okay. No, New York no no rioting in New York okay. yet. Okay. Good. Yet. Um I thought you were saying, speak quickly. No, no, um, no. well, you know. Rick, uh, two, we have to do that, too. Two Rick's Miranda sightings. Both times we uh, smiled and uh, said hello to each other. Uh, he knows me now, clearly. Like, the smile of recognition is on his face God. when he sees me. So yeah. that's good. I feel like we're getting back into some semblance of uh, friend uh, the
1: friend zone here. I have a feeling this um, podcast is going to be called into evidence one day, but go on. <laughs>
0: That's, that's, that's pretty good. That's Mr. pretty good. Mr. Beeman, you to tell the truth, the
1: whole truth. And <laughs> when did you become suspicious that your co-host was a fucking stalker?
0: By the way. Of the star speaking of Little of stalk- Shop of Horrors. Speaking of, or Spaceballs is a better version, example. But, but speaking of stalker, as <clears throat> I was riding up Center Park West the other day, I saw him, I think it was Friday. I saw him coming. I saw him a block away and I could tell, I, I recognized his walk. So I said, oh, it's Rick.
1: Oh, my Even before God. I knew it it's was him. It's Rick.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> but to my credit, I actually, when I posted about this on Facebook, I said, stalker alert, stalker alert, I actually recognized his walk. I will say, um, in tying
1: in with your Rick Moranis, I did think there was a bit of comedy that uh, yesterday the rocket launched. Today we're, we're, we're recording on Sunday. Yesterday the SpaceX rocket launched and the two uh, pilots of the rocket were named Bob and Doug. Yes, I saw. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. Which made me think of. Take Rick off, Williams. eh? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, thought that I was actually nice. like that. Um, I have a couple of things like I, before we get into before we get into the headlines and the uh, and the second movie, we do need to have some TV to talk about because we didn't talk about the morning show last week. But we also have to talk about Never Have I Ever, which I watched. We have to talk about The End of Run. Uh, I want to ask if you actually got around to seeing Pose and this other stuff. But before I get into that, very, very quickly, I have to say a couple things. One, I had a, an interesting back and forth with a woman I went to college with because one of my dearest friends and who listens to podcasts, Rebecca Boston, has been looking watching movies that are high grossers or Oscar contenders. And so she was going to watch The Wife, the Glenn Close movie from a couple years ago. And this other woman we went to school with. Made a comment about it and said, "Oh, I love this movie." Blah blah blah. She went on and on and on. And I said, "I was not a fan, but I think that she's that that Glenn Close is terrific in it, and I thought she deserved the Oscar." Right. So the woman says, "Well, why didn't you like it?" And I said, "Well, I didn't buy it. I had this and that and the other thing." And then she explains to she she then proceeds to explain what the movie is about to me in a very you know you have talked used the word woman splaining before. I understand and it's her not pain though I,
1: because. You've told me once before the I didn't buy it excuse, which was frustrating. You used it on... What's it called? Gone, baby, gone. You said I didn't buy it, which drove me nuts because I love that movie. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go on. Yeah. Well, I
0: mean, we disagree about that movie fundamentally. I, but I mean, I, I in this particular case, I said why I didn't buy it. Like I just this it was it was poor storytelling. I understood what the movie was about. I just thought that the story was told badly. The director did a bad job. The writer did it. Didn't didn't give us enough. And that Glenn Close's performance carried it through. So she explained to me this is what the movie's about. And I said, I understand. I get it. I didn't like the movie. Like, I got, I get it. I got it when I saw it. Like, you explaining it to me doesn't mean I'm going to suddenly like it. We're allowed to disagree. And she said, well, you were very dismissive. And I almost said, you want really dismissive? Fuck off. I did not. I just said, I don't know what you're talking about, how I'm dismissive. Hey but I mean, it was interesting. Neil and his public relations have paid off once again. <laughs> Go on. I, you know, yeah. I'm just saying that just, you know, I mean, people, I find that you and I don't get angry at each other. <laughs> we get angry at each other about other things. But we don't... No, no, no. But we don't get angry at each other about not liking a movie the other
1: one liked. You're right. I mean, there's, there's definitely not been a, a thing where you bring up the fucking... Avengers movie 14 times in this podcast that hasn't permeated well, but that doesn't do that's not
0: angry that's that's not angry
1: that's just pushing your buttons oh. that's different it's like when you did the same thing with this
0: to me about the sisters brothers so I mean it's you know there are oh, movies call, that we disagree with. everyone about.
1: who's listening to this podcast I want you to count how many times he's brought up the fucking Endgame thing and how many times I've mentioned sisters brothers Oh, I'm not. I'm not saying there's a
0: comparison. The number of times okay. I've totally done it yes. way, way more Thank times you. than you okay. have. All right. But there's a difference between giving each other a hard time, which right. is part of the appeal of the podcast, on the just in general, and us actually getting angrier at each other for a disagreement. Okay. Is my point. Sure. When when have you and I ever gotten? What have when have, have you ever gotten angry at me or vice versa? I like to think that I
1: exercise of, a great amount of patience, and that that <laughs> some of these other people do not have that capacity. <laughs> That's my take on it.
0: Okay, that's 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 fair. And I likewise, I likewise, Likewise. you know, you know, carry carry a fair amount of patience Mm -hmm. into this endeavor. That's what it is. But it was interesting to me that she was so pedantic to me and so condescending. And I was like, I just don't even have the, you know. I don't have the, the wherewithal for this, for this, but I mean, the, oh, and one, one more thing before we get into the TV thing is that I have good news and bad news for people. Mm. Well, good, good news for me, bad news for the listeners. Um, I don't know that I'll be going on any bad dates for the for for a while because I had a really I've been hanging out with somebody you've and kinda, it seems to be going on, pretty you've
1: well. You kind of traded dates for this Moranis thing, so you know. As long as, as, long as One, I, we have
0: something that, you know, that's fine with me. As long as I don't have to. I, we tune, talk, people and I talked tune about, into this
1: pod. Here's the deal. Here's the pie chart. People tune in. There's about 25% that really want to know we care about movies. There's about okay. 30% that, like, the headlines maybe are entertaining. The rest of it is awkward interactions with you and ladies of New York, Rick Moranis. <laughs> Uh, this lady who had the different opinion with you on this thing. That's that's okay. our bread and butter. Well, well, I'll
0: tell you what, then. No worries about that going away anytime soon. Well, I was going to say, even if I start dating, somebody's even if I'm
1: wallet or something, there's going to be something every week. I, I have no doubt. I'm, yeah,
0: There's always something. I'm not I mean, worried. I'm, look, let's face it. Let's face it. I am essentially the less the, the lesser known, uh, not nearly as wealthy. And much more with a a, a younger version of Larry David.
1: (laughs) It's an interesting comparison.
0: Well, I mean, it's not, I mean, I'm not that far off, you know. Um, But uh, anyway, so, uh, but no, she and I talked about it yesterday. And she said, are you going to talk about me on the the podcast? And I said, well, the one thing I will say, she said, you know, like, uh, I said, we went on a hike yesterday and it was a 5.2 mile hike. And we were straight off the because of her uh, orienteering her you know she was doing on map duty we ended up walking an extra mile and a half because we kept veering off the trail Do
1: you remember when I said that thing about the house being on fire anyway yeah um, I, I left that in the rear view morning so how about you how was your week <laughs> that's aware um, what was I going to say uh, so your fangirl she sent me a message on Facebook and it says OMG I am now on episode nine of The Morning Show. Took me several episodes to get into it, but then Neil said he liked it, so I kept watching. (laughs) Then then she says, this show is fantastic, and then she gives parts of the story away, so I won't say that in case other people hear it. Then she said, P.S., I know you uh, and Neil are not on opposite sides of the fence and everything. I just happen to side with him. When you are, though, stay golden, which I guess means I'm pony boy. Um, yeah. Well, I, yeah, you, I, you're Pony Boy in this scenario. Sure. Yes. Um, yeah. So I got that message um, this week. Here's what I watched on TV this week. I watched all of Homecoming season two, which I really enjoyed. Thought they did a really fantastic job uh, carrying forward after Sam Esmail, whatever, left. Um, I watched the whole series on Apple TV Plus of Defending Jacob. How is that? Um, it's on my list yeah, of stuff to it's watch. Pass. It's a pass. It's eight hours. And it's there's many other things I wish I had watched, and then HBO Max launched this week, and I watched the first three episodes of Love Life with Anna Kendrick. Really liked it yeah. a lot.
0: Um, Actually, also- I believe it's I believe it's Anna Kendrick. But continue. Jesus fucking Christ. Anyway. Um, remember that thing you said about expressing all this patience with me yeah, on this podcast yeah. <laughs> I think that A. was exhibit
1: A yeah. right there um, <laughs> the the roommate of Anna Kendrick in this is the roommate of Dakota Johnson <laughs> from The Highlights and uh, I can't remember the actress name but she's really good in both um, oh yeah she is actually Yeah. so those are what I watched this week and then I watched some, you know the movies we watched for this um, that's Very quickly. Morning, um, show, yeah. morning show. I like a lot. I don't think it's one of the best things on TV
0: of the last couple of years like you do. I did of like it a lot. Year. I don't it's the like best it as TV show as, of the last year. Uh, I disagree. I think that it's very good. I enjoyed it. I didn't think it, I didn't like it as much as you did. Uh, That's why I don't like you. I think Never Have I Ever. Never Have I Ever is very entertaining. And I liked it a lot. I think that there are a couple things that I didn't like, like the fat kid, that running joke of the fat kid. I thought that was that never quite worked for me. But she is great. And a lot of the stuff that happened in it was I, I enjoyed it very much. And I don't know that I would have watched it if you hadn't recommended it. Never so Have I, I Ever that. is
1: a fantastic show, everybody in the morning show. This is my pitch. I give to everyone. It's Game of Thrones if Game of Thrones took place in Midtown Manhattan.
0: So also, uh, I, I'm begging you to watch the first season of Pose so we can talk about it next week. But let's take just a brief moment to talk about how maybe one of the worst shows of the year, certainly the most disappointing show of the year, is Run on HBO. Oh,
1: God, it's horrible. I, I discussed this it was, on it you saw on Facebook. I had a discussion with Daniel Waters about it, the writer of Heather's. Is a buddy oh no I didn't no um oh no I did I know that you saw something and I think
0: that he was one I, he he had a couple things about it I didn't get too deep into it because I knew you and I were going to talk Neither about one of it, us yeah wanna...
1: what a non-payoff for the whole show you just keep thinking something's going to twist here something's going to happen there's got to be something with this guy that lived in the farmhouse there's got to be something that pans out here nothing pans out nothing it adds up to it's, nothing. It's a
0: big nothing. It's 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 seven seven episodes, half an hour each, and I felt like it was one gigantic three-and-a-half-hour waste it's of a my time. It's a nothing
1: time. burger. The good thing about it is it's yep. seven 30-minute episodes, so it's not going to ruin everything. But, yeah, uh, really surprised Phoebe Waller-Bridge was involved at all. Um, they already said that if they do a season two, she won't be involved, so I can only imagine if the, the, yeah. the quality level goes down. But, yeah,
0: big pass on me. Anything interesting happened to you this week other than watching TV and movies? I
1: watched Los Angeles burn to the ground last night till 5 in the morning. Yeah? Um, Yeah. I had a busy week for work uh, that went very well. It was very fruitful for me. Um, And I watched a bunch of movies, but that's really about it. Um, I've got to uh, start finding ways to get out of my house more because it's becoming a little bit... um, well, you know what you should try doing yeah. is get back into the whole dating thing so that I'm not the only one carrying that part of the show. I don't know if you're aware of the whole current pandemic and now the fact that every major city is How on lockdown. How do you think down. I've
0: been meeting women? I, this woman I went out with yesterday, we had a bunch of video dates uh, I, before we met in listen, person.
1: I'm not going to judge your dating situation, but I, I, it's not the way I do <laughs> Since it. Since when? Um, Since when? Well, i just not in front of you, not as far as you know. <laughs> Um, that's, that's one of the things we talk about every week. Kode, I need some headlines music because we are running low <laughs> time. Wow, this is a fantastic uh-huh. segue. Headlines. Throwing
0: that out there and then just boogieing away from it into headlines. So Turks, fantastic!
1: Um, Pixar has just released a short called Out, which features their first gay main character ever. I think it's great. I do too. I was going to say, remember we covered It's about uh, time. There was the cartoon, the, with the cartoon character where the teacher got married. Remember? There was the gay marriage and we covered it. Arthur, I think is the show. We covered it on this podcast. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I that's true. I like that this is becoming more mainstream. I think we're moving in the right direction as a society. I think this is pretty cool that Pixar, a very big company, you know, Disney-helmed, is moving in this direction. So I think that's a pretty cool thing. Number two, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia has been renewed for a record-breaking 15th season. Neil Turris does not watch this show. I do not. I will tell you, though, I'm a fan of It's Always Sunny, but I will tell you, much like Friends, which I'm also a fan of, the last, like, three seasons uh, are kind of spinning their wheels. I get that FX, this is one of the shows that built FX, to be totally honest. Like, when FX launched, this is one of their first shows, and it's carried the network. So I get that they would let him go as long as they want to go, but I will say it's diminishing returns at this point. But congratulations for them. They deserve it. It's a very talented group. Number three, Scott. I have, I, <laughs> yeah, I tried to watch, I tried to watch the
0: show the first season and I've maybe watched a chunk of the first season and maybe a couple episodes here and there in episodes in seasons two and three. At some point I just said, I just, this does this. I just don't get yeah, it. This show so doesn't do anything for me at all.
1: Neither does your fangirl. So Scott Derrickson is set to direct the Labyrinth <laughs> sequel. Um, I, I don't understand when they take these movies from like the mid '80s and they're like, let's do a sequel. It's
0: forty years later. I, like, I, what's the he, fucking this, point? This is something that you and I talk. This is something that you and I talk about on occasion, and we tend to have the same general opinion about it, which is. You know what is it about? Is labyrinth that big a thing for for young people now that they can capitalize on? Like have have young
1: people? It's not even a good movie. Labyrinth is a weird little movie. No, it's not. And uh, everyone has young Jennifer Connelly and David Bowie. David Bowie's in it. We all love David Bowie. We all love Jennifer Connelly. Every growing boy in the eighties loved Jennifer Connelly because she was definitely one of those. crutches to get through adolescence um and i'll leave it at that but uh no the movie is not yep. a good movie it's it's a pretty bad movie and at the end there's actually david bowie going on that like mc escher staircase singing that really creepy song to be singing to a little girl um but anyway yeah it's all it's very bizarre I, I'm, I'm not very excited about that but that has been announced this week next up david Ayer. Uh, is going to be doing a director's cut of Suicide Squad for HBO Max, just like the Justice League project. So apparently... My
0: manager, my manager, Ford Gilmore, said when the Justice League, uh, when the Zack Snyder cut was announced, he said, next up, totally joking, next up, the Ayers cut of Suicide Squad. And then a couple days later, it came out that this was actually happening. And he said, I'm really sorry, guys. I
1: swear I was only kidding. Here's the thing on that one, I will say. Jared Leto was very public. About how he was on the set for months, and there was all this stuff he did with the Joker character that it was not because in the movie, the Joker's a very cameo role, right? It's not a thing, yeah. And he says, according to him, and I I won't lie, I never read a script for it or anything like that, but um, he says that what he did was a major role in the film, and that they basically cut it all out. So, I'm curious to see if we're gonna get some of the because Jared Leto said like he really put a ton into it. Um, And I know there was all kinds of stories about him pulling pranks and stuff on the set, which for a cameo role wouldn't have been a a real thing. But um, I'm curious to see if there is anything of that from it. I I will say the movie was pretty awful, but I also think it's kind of funny that everyone now that did a bad DC movie can (laughs) do a new cut on HBO Max. Um, But I
0: actually I actually think that what's interesting is, well, HBO Max, which launched this week and I know that we're going to talk about it. And I already love HBO Max because I got a chance to see On the Record, which you and I both saw. Yeah. Uh, and which we will be reviewing, not next week, but the week after, right? Uh, I'm not. We'll get into it later. We'll get. We will review it. So we're not going to talk about it now. But um, but it's, it's uh, but I I already I've been scoping through and seeing the movies that they have on there, and there's some great stuff. But I mean, I don't know that you're going to see a lot of other DC movies doing this kind of thing. I think that just because you have these two very specific controversial
1: uh examples. Oh, I was I think I'm it begins and ends with that. Them. I don't think I don't think there's anything else to do. Uh, but speaking of HBO Max, which is the next topic, um I really dig it. I think the user interface is great. There's no deeper bench for films on any streaming service than HBO Max. Yep, it is. When you dive into the TCM, they have the entire Criterion collection. Um it's really it's really something special if you're a big film person like you and I. Yeah, I've been spending time
0: just scrolling through to see what movies they have and it's incredible. Yeah, it's... You can watch Casablanca anytime you want.
1: Boom. Someone said too, like I read something, I think it was Drew McQueen and he was like, it's still really hard to find stuff. I'm like, dude, if you put, because I want to say they put like over 2,000, 3,000 movies on there. I'm like... Your your interface is only going to be able to hold so many movies like you're not gonna be able to see 2,000 movies on one screen to choose from like that's just gonna be part of having a deep library But I think as as well as it can be uh, easy to navigate. I think they did a great job with it. I'm I'm impressed Um, I'm really impressed to see what some of their I really liked like we talked about um, Love life the Anna Kendrick show and uh, i like to see some more of the stuff that they're well going to that- bring on that end. Um, speaking of DC, so we can jump into it. Henry Cavill announced this week to be returning as Superman. Not necessarily in a Superman standalone film again, but kind of as a team-up, the way they've kind of used Hulk in the Marvel Universe. I never thought Henry Cavill was the problem with Superman. I I think that the nope. the movies themselves. Well, I themselves, actually like
0: this a lot. Yeah, I'm happy. I with like this a lot. I think that Henry Cavill is actually quite a good Superman. I agree.
1: I completely agree. Um, I think he's got a lot of charisma. Loved him in Mission Impossible.
0: I think, I yeah, I think that Henry Cavill is a very very talented guy. I like him on screen. Uh, even in the boring The Man from U.N.C.L.E., I thought he was good in it. I think he's a I very like good Man Superman. From Uncle. Ugh, I was bored to tears. Clearly by that Liz movie. will not. But I mean, but, so go on. But he <laughs> but he is really he's fun to watch as Superman. Like he's got that charm. I, do, I think and so, too. I really am. I'm, I'm very glad to see that he's going to be returning. And I would not. I, there's
1: going to be another Superman movie. There absolutely Maybe is. Maybe on the road. And, but and I, if he's I know they're going to put him in Shazam. I think that's a you know, they had that cliffhanger at the end. Um, Yeah. They're going to put him in stuff. But yeah, I was going to say, once they build that back up and get some other people involved, I bet you they're going to do another Superman. But he needs... He needs another shot with a different director at the helm. He he just I, to me, he brought too much to the table and you can't just let him go like that. So next. I uh, agree. Um, totally agree. We told you already about Tom Cruise doing his movie in outer space. Doug Lamont has been revealed to be the director that's been putting this together with him. Uh, he will be joining on that adventure. So that's still moving forward with a lot of speed. Um, I, I I thought it was. Wait a second. Yeah? I thought the director was Doug Lyman. It's Doug Lamont. First of all, I, I believe it to be Doug Lamont, so I'm going to stay with that fuckface. face. But anyway. Um, fuckface, face. Wow. You know what? Rick Moranis hates you, all right? Almost as much as you hate yourself. But anyway, uh, I will say this. This is the movie I'm most excited about for the next five years. And I and I know
0: nothing <laughs> well, about. Well, no it. shit, it's Tom. Well, no shit, it's Tom Cruise in space. Yeah. How can you not be excited for it? I was going it? to
1: say it's pretty awesome.
0: Um, and actually, and and he, the two of them have worked very well together before. They I, did. Edge of Tomorrow is fantastic. Uh, Edge of fantastic.
1: Tomorrow is fantastic. Is it a, is
0: it a, is, a, is a truly fantastic movie? Totally yes, great. Yes, absolutely. You know what is
1: amazing though, when you think about it, that I remember in film school watching Swingers the first time, and it's such a. Um, I don't want to say junkie shot, but you know what I mean? Like they they shot everything gorilla style and everything. Like it's a very, um, very gorilla shot movie. You know what I mean? And to think that the guy who did did that movie is now going into outer space with Tom Cruise. It's kind of amazing. Well, basically, you know, what happened with that movie is
0: that. John Favreau directed the actors and Doug Lyman did all the camera yeah, stuff. I, I mean, Doug Lyman didn't direct, didn't have have any interaction with the actors at all, apparently. And I know this because I worked with one of the actors in the movie in my first movie and I asked him about it and I said, "What would Doug tell you?" and he just he would look at us and he would just say, "Ask John Favreau directed all directed that movie."
1: Next up, Apple, the team with Paramount on the uh, Scorsese, De Niro, DiCaprio drama Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, Paramount originally was going to finance this whole movie and do it themselves. Um, Paramount's made some bizarre choices, to say the least, in the last couple of years yeah. since uh, Giannopoulos took over. Um, Apple came in and fit the bill. Uh, not sure how it's all getting shook out, but a De Niro DiCaprio team up with Martin Scorsese directing sounds pretty good.
0: Sounds pretty good, and I'm surprised that a that Apple hasn't. This is the first major film that Apple has gotten involved with and on this level. I'm kind of shocked, but I think that this is just the beginning. Yeah. Apple has so much money and they want to, I'm sure that part of the deal is that they'll be able to show it on Apple TV plus it's eventually it'll be a theatrical and then that, yeah. but I think that Apple is going to really want to talking about before you mentioned that the, the depth of HBO Max's bench, Apple desperately needs to fill out its bench. And I think that it's going to be spending a lot of money to do that on projects like this
1: many people like myself have been sitting around this summer thinking when is the next season of cobra kai coming and is announced this week that youtube premium is going to shelve their service so cobra kai uh which is owned by sony pictures tv is shopping it around and right now it looks like the two leaders and this is no surprise are netflix and hulu for the next home for it uh that should be coming out in the next couple of weeks and then pretty shortly after that is made, they should be launching Season 3. So anyone looking for Cobra Kai, that's where it's coming. Last up, Neil Turrets. Ryan Gosling's Wolfman gears up at Universal. Uh, bad Education Director Corey Finley being circled to direct. Interesting choice. This is uh, following up with their whole monster revival, which started with The Mummy, which went awry. Then they decided to go on a smaller uh, version with... Um, they went with Blumhouse, with Blumhouse. For, for Invisible Man. By the way, know. Jason Blum just bought a $14.3 million house yesterday. Um <laughs> which is kind of amazing. Well he's done fairly he's done rather well for himself. He so He certainly know. has. Um but it's interesting, they're going with gossling. I'm curious if they're gonna stay with the small budget approach here or if it's gonna get bigger, and I haven't gotten any intel on that. I don't know I don't know how low budget you can go with the Wolfman. Honestly. It'll be interesting, but I'll tell you what, Invisible Man had a lot of good effects. I didn't like Invisible Man, but I thought the effects were pretty great, and they still kept that relatively low. So, we'll see. Yeah. Um, I liked Invisible Man. Uh, I, I know you did. Yeah. So, um, that's our headlines, everybody. You ready to move into our big finale? We have been talking about this movie. For or
0: well, I have been talking about this movie for months because it, I was like, when are we reviewing? Are we reviewing this movie? When are we uh-huh. reviewing this movie? Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. And now finally, <laughs> it is
1: upon us. In the ni- I almost feel like it's going to be a little anticlimactic, but let's go for it. In the 1960s, two African-American entrepreneurs hire a working class white man to pretend to be the head of their business empire while they pose as a janitor and chauffeur in George Nolfi's The Banker. So, what's your plan, Mr. Garrett? How would you like to buy a bank? What the hell do we know about banking? Owning a bank is like owning the other side of the real estate business. There's a few complexities you just left out. Like what? Oh, I'm sorry, did I not wake up black this morning? Because I'm pretty sure I did. Yep, still black. (laughs) I got my head full of dreams. I came here to try my hand at real estate. What do you matter? Millionaire units? <laughs> you know the time never... I like seeing black men succeed. Sometimes I even invest some of my own money to back them. I know you're smart and ambitious. You and I both know that's not enough. It's time that someone shine a bright light in order for things to change. <laughs> You starting to buy real estate in white-only neighborhoods?
0: Keep one eye open. I... Think about all the good we can do for the community.
1: Taking it to the man. That's exactly what we're going to do. <laughs> and just how in the hell do you plan on pulling that off? We get Matt to front for us. You want me to what? Be us to the rest of the world. We can't set foot in the bank unless we to help. Should have took limo driver when you had the chance. I don't know anything about banking. I don't know how to buy a bank. We'll teach you everything you need to know. You got to learn how to talk to rich white folks like you, one of them.
0: And you can't fake a golf game. Now let's start with the fact that the cast is is spectacular. I would agree with that. This across the board, everybody in it is great.
1: Um, it is. You know what else this movie can, gets right? This movie gets geography of Los Angeles, correct? Because I lived in downtown Los hey, Angeles. there you go. And the buildings and the yeah, neighborhoods they go, go to, all accurate.
0: This movie is plotted out in the most straightforward, formulaic manner possible. There is nothing. I mean, it's perfectly entertaining. My six word review is entertaining, if completely formulaic, historical drama. It is, you know, I mean, the leads carry it. The story is, you know, fine, but it is totally one hundred percent by the numbers.
1: Um, I would agree with you. Yeah, this is a pretty formulaically done film, and that's not bad, so to speak. Um, I kind of wish they'd put a little more mustard on the hot dog, but um, it is pretty formulaic. What I will say, I like that metaphor. You're you're definitely dead on. The cast is great, and in particular, I want to single out Sam Jackson. As a lot of roles... When Sam Jackson like had his moment in the mid-90s, um, everyone loved him and everything he was in because he brought so much damn charisma. Then eventually, he almost seemed to be the paycheck guy because he was just in everything. This is the Sam Jackson right. we all loved. This is the classic charisma of yes. Sam Jackson. Um, he definitely showed up for this role. He's just fantastic in it. He has a very... It's, uh, it's weird to describe the chemistry between him and Mackie. It's a very... Uh, it's not uncomfortable, but, like, there's... They definitely need and depend on each other. Um, there's a weird thing of but there's almost a, there's a temp- mistrust. There's a tempestuous stuff. Yes, you know what I mean? To, exactly. To, I mean, the, but it works. Yeah. It works perfectly. Um, Mackie... They, pay, they kind of... They don't like each other, but they need each other. Right. Essentially is and, what it comes down to. And that grows yeah. into respect and and admiration and, and a friendship, a true friendship. But um, I thought it was great. Um, the the only complaint I kind of had is they jump into the concept of using the white guy kind of really quickly. And I was kind of hoping there'd be something that they showed that inspired that, but it didn't really matter to me. Um, it's a really interesting story. Um, this, this movie kind of got undone a little bit upon release because of all the backstory, but the backstory really has nothing to do with the movie. They, the, the wife that, that Mackie's character has in the film, um, Neil Long, she, Play, played by Neil yeah, Long, yeah. I guess in real life, during the midpoint of this movie story, she divorced him and he married another lady. That lady is very upset that she's not in the film. Um, and there's also an accusation that Mackie, not his character, but his character's real-life son, had molested his half-sisters... And, and I'm not yeah. trying to say that. I'm literally trying to think it in my head. I'm not trying to minimize it by any means. It's something. Like, it was something like that. It was something like and that. He and was, that's, what the, that's basically it was tabled. Yeah. And the son had the rights to the movie. So he was uh, attached, I guess, as executive producer. They had a lot of problems with that. Um Nothing has been changed with the movie other than they didn't premiere it at the AFI Fest. Um, so I don't know where all that stands, essentially. I will say that a lot of times when you're doing historical things, you're going to make some changes that aren't going to be, you know, you have to fit the movie into a two-hour bracket. Uh, you can't just throw every single character in a person's life into the movie. Um, right. So I, I still thought this, this is a thumbs up for me. I really enjoyed this movie a lot more than I thought I would. And um, and just for the performance, You enjoyed alone, it more than I did yeah you enjoyed it oh by the way Nicholas Holt
0: plays the white guy
1: Nicholas Holt's fantastic Fantastic. in this too
0: yeah, and he's terrific in it. I mean, he, he's really, I mean, I, I don't know that I've ever seen him in anything where I don't like him. And we've talked about him on this podcast right. quite a bit. I uh, I, I just, I, I think the movie's fine. I mean, I don't, I, I give it a thumbs up, but not as, nearly as enthusiastically as you do because it was so formulaic for me. Because it was just, you, the, the, I was not surprised even remotely by any of it. Well,
1: it isn't, <laughs> you know, blowing. everything I, that was, I old. wouldn't say it's like mind blowing, but this is a two hour movie. And I never at any point felt like it was slow or anything like that. I will agree with you, completely formulaic. I knew you'd know where it's going the whole time. but I thought that the the characters the, the actors in this and actresses all shined and I thought that carried it two hours.
0: That worth it alone. like if the story is fine, the acting alone is worth. Seeing it, totally agree. And if you have Apple TV Plus, then it's it's you know it's a nice movie to watch. Right. You know, especially to, as as the pandemic continues, we're going to start opening up, but still, I mean, how much opening up are we really doing?
1: <laughs> we'll see. We have bars open here now, in in uh, Texas now.
0: Yeah, and you're hanging out at them?
1: No, no.
0: I've already told myself. Of not. I
1: think I said this. In the, I can't remember, but um, I've already told myself I'm waiting till July first. I actually have a get-together with some buddies of mine that we're doing the weekend after July 4th, and I'm going down there to it's in south-south-south Texas, and I'm going down there for like four or five days. After that weekend, I'm going to, if the number's still keeping low, and I will say, Texas numbers are actually really going down. Um, So if the numbers keep low and everyone stays safe and it doesn't look like whatever, I'll go back out in public, but right now I'm letting everyone else be the guinea pigs. I'm still masking yeah. it. Way down south. Is that like Galveston or even further like Corpus Christi? No, it's like, uh, it's down kind of border-esque. Um, here's what, I've been down there before and there's literally like all these people have these gigantic like ranch lands and, um, they actually like at the, on the road, they have big buckets of water for in case people come over the border and need water. Um, it's, but it's that far down and there's all kind when you're down there there's all kinds of border patrol and stuff like that but it's down near the border of uh, Texas and Mexico all right well mm-hmm. so uh, where can they find you they can find me Neil turds I like that look at that little pivot there. Um, first of all I want to announce that I did win Neil's uh, game which was very fun Neil did a very good job this week well and we would like to thank game. Neil's fangirl Liz for sending that in yeah. and for sending me a note saying that she really liked the TV show that I said was good, but she liked it once Neil said <laughs> it was good. Um, right. And, I think that's uh, important to add. Yeah. I, I, I think that's very important to add, actually. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they can find me Twitter, RyanBeeman23, even though I think Twitter sucks these days. Uh, on Instagram, you've got Beeman. Um we have our Facebook page that I'm updating daily with all kinds of fun news and gives you kind of a idea of where we're going to go with on the podcast with our headlines. Um, where can they find you, Mr. Turrets? Uh, I continue to be on Instagram, uh,
0: not as Ryan would have you think at at fuckface, but rather at number six word reviews, six word reviews, number six. I would like to defend reviews. the word
1: fuckface. I've always been a fan, <laughs> will always be a fan. But go on. I think is that one word or is it two? It's you know sad. I feel like what's it's sad two words. Is this, we can't name the episode "Fuckface," but if we could, <laughs> if we could, I,
0: I, you could you could do that. You could do the. You could do the, uh, the, whatchamacallit, the Good Place version and call it Fork Face. Fork.
1: <laughs> you know what's funny is that the Good Place pulled that off for, what was it, three seasons, four seasons, whatever it was? Four seasons. And it never got old. Surprisingly enough, that never, it never got, old. got old. More than yeah.
0: Mother Forker. Yeah. it's uh, yeah It was always um, fantastic. It uh, always Facebook. played
1: funny. You always knew what they meant. It was great. I always
0: played. I never, never
1: didn't Completely work. Completely
0: agree. Um, Facebook, I'm on Six Word Reviews, spelled out S-I-X, Six Word Reviews. You can email to us at podcast at gmail.com. Oh, I didn't tell the Hodey um, story. We did ha- Hold on,
1: time out. Let me give one minute of this. So earlier today, I've been talking. I talked to Hodey, you know, throughout whatever. And uh, earlier today, Hodey's roommate is stuck right now in uh, Ohio and uh, take, okay. taking care of his mom and stuff. Earlier today, um, I get a panicked text message to a group of people that I'm on. Of does anyone know what's happened to Hodey? Hodey and his Hodey's girlfriend Katie uh, are are missing and we haven't talked to him since thursday does anyone know where they are so i start calling i'm calling holiday i'm calling cody's girlfriend katie and uh it's going to voicemail and all this stuff and his roommate has got me a little i'm like what's because you know all this stuff in case anyone doesn't know we're recording on sunday uh the last two nights in los angeles that entire city's burned to the ground pretty much um so I was a little bit nervous, and so there's like a two-hour panic of looking online, trying to do research, trying to hunt down Brian Hode, and uh, that turns out we got a text probably about 30 minutes before we start recording today that, in fact, Hode and his girlfriend have gone camping. And I will say, if there was ever a weekend, <laughs> if there was ever a weekend to pick to go camping oh, and wow. get the fuck out of Los Angeles, Hode picked the right one. So... Odie. wow Oh, we're very glad to hear that our producer is alive and safe and camping yes
0: I had no idea of any of this yeah. I had no this idea of happened today. this but it I'm it very all glad all happened to today yeah like, yeah that's, that's very funny. So um, we did actually get into a little bit of the view, the listener mail, but we still solicit more. And I know several of you have reached out and said, oh, I'm going to try to write something this week. And none of you did. So, you know, yeah. uh, one in particular, a special listener in North Carolina, friend of our podcast. You know who you are. I'm not actually going to say your name, but you know who I'm talking about. I You threatened to write in and you should. Um, and also you can tweet to us at Unduly Noted PC. Um, thanks to Hode, who I did not know was missing but I'm glad it's found thanks to uh, Joe Saba and uh, Stuart Winter video helper uh, for our intro and exit music sorry we're a little long this week but we were having too much fun but thank you for listening as
1: always we're actually, we're uh, actually until next week. we're when- actually pretty good on time thanks to Steve Bodecker who wrote a very kind email about enjoying last week's episode
0: yeah um, and thanks again Thank, tell your friends we're again, you know well, getting more to people you listening people in
1: Los Angeles Mike Flavin that beaver tooth fuck is still not responded to us or gotten in touch with us so any of you uh, you know I'm glad you mentioned you that you I was curious Flavin, I meant to say something about Mike
0: Flavin. Uh, we'd really like to friends bring him on the Flavin podcast friends of Flavin have really, dropped the, have really yeah. dropped the ball here like I don't
1: know any of you I, don't know but I that gotta guy's say have busy the ball. for the last two weeks having some dentist saw down his teeth but uh, we'd really like to <laughs> talk to him and uh <laughs> really you know, wow. kind of disgusting.
0: I got to see a picture of this guy this this, this bucktooth genius. I don't know uh, cuz the the way you describe him I mean it's Jesus. Hey, it's, well everyone, anyway it's not
1: just Neil oh. making friends at the speed of light. I'm also on the same. <laughs> game, so Well, he's the one who called you he called you a dipshit, didn't he? He did. He certainly did. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh-huh. Which is which
0: I which 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 rubbed me the wrong way. Just because I thought I'm the only one who's allowed to call you a oh, dipshit. There's that. But with that in mind, with that in mind, uh, we'll be back next week with more entertaining stuff for week 13 of Under Siege. Uh, stay safe out there, Jesus Christ! Please stay safe yep. and stay healthy. And thanks for listening. And until next time, he is Ryan and I'm Neil. And this has been Undoing It. Drive Friday.
1: fast and take chances. We'll see you next week.